Well, it's a blessing to see you tonight. And uh, you can take your book or your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. We are going to do the Lord's Supper here in a little while. And uh, I've I've just always had a practice that we go over the scriptures and try to get understanding of the supper. There's a lot of uh, confusion sometimes and a lot of uh, wonderment about it. And so I, I wanted to, I just wanted to, to uh, kind of take us down through Actually, we could read from 17 all the way through the end of the chapter. But uh, I'm going to just step through and try to explain as we go. And so I'm not going to read the scriptures ahead of time. We'll read them as we get to this place. And, And... and and I'll probably just stay with the in in the seventeen through twenty three he says something like this Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together not for the better but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church I hear there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper. One is hungry, and other is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and drink in, or despise Ye the church, and shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. And from here, he's going to try to set in order the Lord's Supper. I I would say, in the summation of those verses is this. He says it down in uh, 18. I hear there be divisions among you. And I would say to us that part of the preparation, we everybody always wants to emphasize that area where they're eating. One is full, one's hungry, and one is drunken. And that's the focus point, it seems like, of that scripture, but that's not there's there's an undercurrent in that scripture, in those scriptures. And that is the divisions in the church. He's going to spend the rest of the book trying to deal with the divisions in that church. But what he says about the Lord's Supper is that we ought to be in one accord. If there's divisions, they need to be settled. And we need to get it in our heart that we will be You say, well, yeah, but that one or that one. Well, what about this one? What about this heart? That's, that's the only one you can, you can have anything to do with, and that's what he's 
saying is, get yourself in a place of submission and, and surrender to the Lord and forget about the divisions that separate us. And that, uh, there's plenty more scriptures on that. I'm not going to try to preach that. I'm just saying that's one of the orders. You come to 23, I want to talk about the source of the source of the supper. Verse 23, For I, I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in, your, in remembrance of me. So the source of the supper is the, it come from the Lord. Uh, it's not from Rome and it's not from Luther. It's from the Lord. It's off the page of the book or we're wrong in our, it, it's not the order that has been handed down by tradition. This supper is our supper, our Lord's supper, under the command of the Lord, and we take it as best we can according to the Scriptures. Part of that is a surrender of ourselves. I've already talked about the divisions. Divisions need to be erased. But uh, but it's all under the order of the Lord. And so, uh, so you get to this thing of the who can observe it. There's three views. Traditionally, there's three views of the Lord's Supper. There's closed communion, which is local church only. There's close communion, and I can't even tell you exactly what the that's, that would be folks of like faith and order who come here. And then there is open communion. And I hear it places I go. Somebody says it's for all the saved. Well, uh, that's one of the prerequisites of the Lord's Supper is that you be saved. That's a must. But there's, and uh, but but somebody want somebody carries this thing too far. There's ditches on both sides of the road. Some people are in this ditch. Some are in this ditch. Over there is that group that says everybody come. We're going to have the Lord's Supper. Over here, some of us are in a group that says, we're just so narrow, we'll police it. I personally have no, uh, no, no, I can't find any admonition, and I have no intention of policing it. What I see in the scriptures is, it's a search of your heart, and your heart, and my heart. And when he says, don't, don't take it, 
don't take it wrong, you'll have to choose. Now, we as a church believe and hold to a, a, a local church. We are a local church body. That is one of our doctrines is local. We, we have, no, there is no, we, one of our doctrines is there is no universal, invisible church. But the church is the called out assemblies. And this church is this church in this place. Over in Exodus, in chapter 12, we're, this Lord's Supper comes off of the Passover. It's the eve of the Passover when they're taking this supper. And uh, let's see. Over in chapter 12 of Exodus, in the, in the taking of it, he says... He says in uh, verse number 3 of chapter 12, Let them take every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for the house. So the Passover is, is household by household by household. Y'all got that? It's family by family by family. It's a family feast. And uh, and and here in 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 the scriptures, here in uh, Matthew twenty six, verse number twenty. Now, when the evening was come, he he says in 18, I will keep, the last phrase of verse 18, I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. 20, when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. If you go over to Acts chapter number 1, How many disciples do you find there? About 50 or 100 or so. They're gathered up in the upper room. Right? So, the Lord selectively pulled himself apart from 200 or 300 or whatever it was to have this supper with the twelve. And as far as I can see, that's the only, uh, those two things that I've told you. The, thing, this, the, the belief of a local church. And secondly, the division that the Lord, he didn't invite all the disciples. He invited his twelve. The, the precept in the Old Testament was one lamb for one family. So, 
And that's about all I that's about all I've got to say on closed circuit. So I just ask you to search your heart. We we try to practice a closed we call it closed communion, but we're not going to deny it to anybody. It's up to you to search your heart. You see who you are. And these guys who serve, they're not policemen. They're just servants serving. And so, and you don't have to answer to anybody but the Lord. That may not be the way you heard it before, but that's the way I've always practiced it. I don't believe there's any place for us, uh, no place for contention. First uh, Corinthians eleven sixteen says, "But if any if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom. Neither the churches of God. I'm not going to argue with you about it." And I'm not going to fight about it. Don't get your feelings hurt about it. You search your heart. You make peace with God. And you, you handle it the way God chose you. That, is that fair? I think it is. Uh, this Lord's Supper has nothing to do with salvation. I mean, you could drink every cup on here, eat every every biscuit and you'd be no more sanctimonious than you are right now. There is no power in Welch's grape juice and unleavened bread. It is only a it is only a it's only a remembrance of the price that was paid for our salvation. Peter said, I guess this is as simple as it gets. Peter said, you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. There is no power in this, in this supper or in this ceremony for salvation, somebody wants to make it the the uh, it, the miracle of the of the bread becoming the body and the grape juice becoming the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only symbolism. That's all. And uh, I read the testimony. I'm probably getting too far gone on this, but I read the testimony of Father Chinnerke. Anybody ever hear of him? He was the he was the bishop over in the northwestern United States and back in the days when the uh, French controlled the trapping uh, uh, economy of that whole western United States, the mountains. And here was the testimony of Father Kennedy. He was doing, the, he was preparing the Lord's Supper 
And they take the, they take the bread and they put it in the host. The host is a little tabernacle that sits on a table like this. It's still practiced by the Roman Catholic Church. And they put it in the host, and somehow, while it's in the host, it's transformed into the literal body of Christ. So he left the door open on the host. He came back to give the, uh, to, to give the Lord's Supper, and the mice had got in the host and ate the bread. And he, he just about had a heart attack. The mice had ate God. And then he got to thinking about how ridiculous that was. And he began to search his Bible, and he left the Catholic Church and became a great uh, salvation preacher of the Western United States back in the 1800s. Think about it. It doesn't make sense, does it? So, so this, is, this is not salvation. It has nothing to do with salvation. You can go down there to the store and get to... Susie will fix you some of this uh, unleavened bread anytime you want it. My grandkids have ate bushels of it. So... Uh, Salvation is by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is by trust. That Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So, so listen, while I'm here, might as well hit this. I just, I, you may not agree with this, but I can't miss it. Over in, uh, over in, uh, I'm in the wrong book. Over here in Corinthians, verse 23. I have, I re- for I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Have you ever been to Lord's Supper on Sunday morning somewhere? I have too. It doesn't fit. When we're supposed to take it? If we take it in the pattern of Christ, we take it at night. It's a Bible thing. We either recognize it as a Bible thing or we're doing it on our own. So, that's the when, that's the who, that's the when. Why do we do it then? Verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, I've got this underlined in my Bible, take, eat. For this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, when he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
Y'all remember those verses and, and I'll come back to them in a minute. Over, over in Luke chapter 22. Verse 19. And he took bread. This is the Lord's Supper that Jesus performed. And he took bread and he gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. Those, the provisions of the supper. Down there at the grocery store, they sold Daniel a bottle of, of uh, what kind of grape juice? Welch's grape juice. And Susie took some flour and some olive oil and stuff, put it together. But what he said is this is a symbol of my blood. And this is a symbol of my body. So, why do we observe it? Well, there's, if you look at verse 25 and 6 of our, he said this, as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Down in verse 26, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. So here we are, 2,000 years later. Why are, we drink, why are we drinking the juice and eating the bread? We're looking back to the cross and the body that was broken on that cross for us. At the same time, we're taking the cup and looking forward to they that he'll come. He said, I won't, I won't drink the cup, I won't take the cup. By the way, your Bible does not ever say it's wine. King James says the fruit of the vine or the cup every time. He never says it's wine. So you can tell that bunch of wine bibbers that we're still getting the pure fruit of the vine. He said every, is, the whole idea is this. Looking back to the cross because we're here by the power of the cross. He became our sin on the cross. He carries our sin to the Father on the cross. But the trump of God's going to sound. The archangel shout. The dead in Christ will rise person. We who are alive will be caught up with them to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we're looking to back to the cross. At the same time, we look forward to that completion of our salvation as he takes us to heaven. Those two verses. Looking back, looking forward. That's why we're taking it. It's a remembrance of him. That's a, the whole focus is the Lord Jesus. What's the message of Christmas? We have a Savior. Under you, a Savior is born. What's the message of the Lord's Supper? We have a Savior. 
It's not what I can do or you can do, what position I have or you have. It's what he is, what he's done, what he will do. That's why we're here. What, that's what makes this, this observation so sacred. You know, I, honestly, it's, I struggle with this message every time I give it because it's, I do not want to make a mistake on any word. I want it to be a true reflection of what he wants. It's, a, it's such a whole... He told Moses, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. And we're on holy ground here tonight. It's about as holy as we can get on this planet, in these bodies, and in these, in these times of temptation that we live in. It's about as holy as we'll ever be is at this moment of looking back to the cross, looking forward to the rapture, Looking, looking to the person of the cross who thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation took on him the form of a servant was made in likeness as a man and completely gave himself for you and me. But one day he comes as the King of kings and the Lord of all of glory. A broken body and that pure blood. Let me read Hebrews over in Hebrews chapter 9. There's plenty to read in Hebrews. We could talk about uh, that the, the body of Christ out of Hebrews. But I'd just like to go to chapter 9 with you and look at the blood. He's going to say over in Hebrews... That we have a high priest over in Hebrews chapter 4. We do have an intercessor with God. He said over in John, no man can see God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Over in Timothy, He said there's just... There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And here in Hebrews he says, we have a high priest over in chapter 4. Now, let me back up. I'll, go, I'll just go there. 4 verse 14. He said, he said, we do have an intercessor. We've got a high priest. 15 says... That he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Think about that a minute. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're suffering. I don't know what inadequacies you feel as you come to this place. But he does know. And he is touched with your weakness, your problems, your heartaches your failures, your trials. He, he knows all about that, and he is touched. Think about I, I think about it more this way. I hear people pray all kinds of ways. I hear, pray, I hear praying in the King James. 
English. I hear people pray in scriptures. Nothing wrong with that. I've even heard them give him book, chapter, and verse in case he can't find it. I've also heard people weep and whisper prayers that you can't understand what they're saying. You have too, haven't you? But here's what I'm trying to say. He is my high priest. I'm not worthy to I'm not worthy to even say his name. But he's my high priest. He intercedes with God for me. And when I approach God through him, God says, I'll hear your prayer. You can boldly come to the throne of grace. You can, he says down here in verse 16 of 4, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in every time of need. How can we do that? Because we have a high priest. We have an intercessor. And because he is touched with our, our sins, our heartaches, our troubles, we can come to God. That broken body makes it possible. I've got some scriptures. I'll go to one place. I still shout every time I think about the day God showed me this. If you go to Isaiah 53, I think one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. And he's going to say up at the top of it, verse 13 of chapter 52, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently, he shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And then he talks about his, how he's broken and, and his vicious, so marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of man. And, and uh, verse 3 says, He's despised and rejected of me and a man of sorrows. And talks about his bruising. Go down to verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. And when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Look at verse 11 now. This is such a rich verse. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. So what verse 11 says is, Christ travailed on the cross for me and for you. I mean... The Egyptian darkness was on the place and no man was, no man was able to see or, or, or experience what he was going through, but he was suffering the pangs of my hell and your hell on the cross. He travailed 
on the cross. That's what verse 11 says. And God, the Father, observed his suffering. He shall see the travail of his soul. He sweat great drops of blood. He, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The only time in all eternity that God the Father is separated from God the Son. He did it for us. He travailed on the cross. And God saw his travail. Now look at this. And God was satisfied by his knowledge, shall my righteous servant justify me. God was satisfied, and I am justified. And you are too. God wasn't pacified. They didn't make an excuse for sin. Sin's terrible. Sin's horrible. And the wickedness of sin had to be paid for. We, we want to accuse God because folks go off into hell that refuse to accept the Savior. God's as grieved over sin, more grieved over our sins than we are. He gave His only begotten Son to begin, become the only sacrifice that would satisfy the judgment of God. There was no man could, no man could go to the cross except Jesus and satisfy God. It took pure, perfect, holy, righteous blood to buy our salvation. And there's no such thing on the earth today. There never has been but one who had that. And that was that virgin-born baby in the manger. Emmanuel. Which being interpreted means God with us. The God-man. The blood. There's the suffering, the breaking. The vi- it's a vicarious sin. He gave him a uh, vicarious death. He gave himself for our sins. Christ died for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. According to the scriptures. But it's a victorious death. He didn't stay dead. I've got an old hillbilly friend down there in in southwest Texas. And old Red picks his guitar and sings, he didn't stay dead. That's a, that may be kind of country, but it's a real truth that I can get a hold of. They put him in the grave... But he didn't stay dead. Satan laughed, but he didn't stay dead. God was satisfied because he didn't stay dead. I didn't intend to do all this preaching, but it's hard not to. 
And so Peter said, we've got pure, perfect blood. We don't have to, it's not traditions. It's not little gold crosses or any trinkets that we could dream up. It's just the blood of Jesus Christ. And besides that, He's coming. He's coming for us. He's not coming as a dying, broken Savior. He's coming as the King. Wherefore God has highly exalted Him and hath given Him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We're looking back, but we're looking forward. It's a vicarious death, but it's a victorious death. He's coming. Got a lot of stuff to say about that. He's coming to receive us, to reward us, and to reveal us. I'll, I'll give you that later sometime. So look at... Looking at those first scriptures, it's a serious supper because of the rebuke. He some, said, some of you just not, you're not where you need to be. Some of you, to some of you, this is just a fun feast. Just something we do. Kind of out of a habit. To some of you, it's a, not to some of us, but to, to some, some in the religious world, it's a very vital feast because it gives you life. Well, I think we've found enough scriptures already to rebuke that. Amen. There's no power in it. The power of this Lord's Supper is that desire of the Holy Spirit that every one of us that are saved have in our hearts to please the Lord of glory, to be found acceptable in the eyes of God. That's what this feast is about. To give Him glory through our lives as we present ourselves in remembrance of who he was, who he is, and who he will be. So, verse 27 of our text chapter. <clears throat> He says in 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. I don't know about you, but I've been studying these scriptures, <clears throat> trying to get ready for this, and I, I just felt some new life in some of that stuff I just got through preaching that I haven't felt in a while. 
That's what he's saying in this verse. It's a real deal. And we need to get a hold of it. Secondly, he says this, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's pretty serious, isn't it? The responsibility. But look at the next verse. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. I'm just going to give you personal experience. I've seen Holy Joes who would bypass the Lord's Supper and say, I just didn't feel like I was worthy to eat. Do you understand this? Look at verse number 28 one more time. Yes, some of us are unworthy. All of us would be unworthy if we really got down to it, wouldn't we? But he says, examine yourself. Do? Yeah, we're going to take a minute to examine ourselves. But not examine yourself to see yourself unworthy of eating the supper, but examine yourself and correct, get the correction. He said, if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged. Be a lot better to get it right in your own heart before the Lord, confess it, repent of it, turn from it, and then eat. And that's what he says do. He doesn't say don't eat, he says eat. After you've examined yourself, eat it. That'd be far better than turning away and saying, oh, I've got this sin and, and walk out with it until he has to judge that sin for you. Be a lot better. And that's what he's saying in this verse. He said, eat it. Eat that bread. Eat that. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, <clears throat> not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you. But if we should, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So, before we proceed any further, I, you probably hadn't done it this way before. But I believe, he's, I believe he says here, we need to pause. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And I may pray or call on somebody to pray in a minute. These altars are open. If you've got something you need to get settled, get it settled. You've got ought against a brother, get it settled. You've, if somebody's got ought against you, get it, try to get it settled. If you're just negligent, get it settled while we bow and wait on the Lord.
while you're praying for yourself. Verse 33 says, Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. It's not only a self-examination, but it's a time of intercession for your brothers, sisters. There's some that are sick, couldn't be here tonight. There's some that are spiritually cold and wouldn't be here tonight. Would you pray for them? Would you pray for that whoever it is that may be struggling with that with the issues right now? Would you realize that could be you? And he says over in Galatians believe it is you that are spiritual lift up those knees the arms that hang down the, the weak knees we've got a responsibility would you pray about our church right now our unity our fellowship we've got a new pastor coming he told me that he was trying to put together a vision plan to share with us on January the 8th I believe every one of us ought to be praying God remove the obstacles and remove the troubles and Get, help us to get ourselves in order that we could just get going for God in these days. God's given us a... I had a preacher tell me the other day, he said, God's worked in your church to give you that young pastor. No telling what's going to happen here. But you looking at the framework that that is the strength or the weakness of this church here tonight. The faithful few, they used to say. But God's not limited by few or many. And if we could get ourselves in tune with Him. Don't tell them what he'd do here. I don't believe Brother Bujack can bring it, but I believe God can meet with us in such a way that we'll know that he's worked in our midst. I'm just praying for that myself. Lord, would you take charge of each of us Lord, we're, we don't even know hardly what to pray for. But you said the Holy Spirit that's in us 
could take the groanings of our heart and express them to the Lord in a way that we can't even form the words to say. Lord, would you take it all to the Father? And Lord, Father, would you magnify and glorify the Son in our midst? Lord, help us to be what you want us to be. Help us. Lord, I pray you'd give us strength that we haven't known. Give us boldness to do your work. Lord, would you give us that heart of, of compassion one for another. And God, would you help us to turn our faces toward Jesus as we run this race that you've set before us. Please have your way right now. Help us to magnify your name. In Jesus' sweet, holy, precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, men, if y'all come. If you guys will use that mic to pray so everybody can hear you. Brother Daniel, would you pray for the bread, please? That's that Heavenly Father, as we are gathered here tonight, Lord, this is a special moment as we remember what you did for each and every one of us here tonight, not only for us, but for all those who will trust in you. Lord, I pray that you can help us to examine ourselves and, and Lord, just to be reminded that, that you, you were sinless and perfect. And it's because of you that we have, we are who we are today. It's because of you that we're saved. And Lord, I pray that we can honor you and live a life that is separated from, from the world that, that brings you honor and glory. I pray that everything that goes on here tonight will honor and glorify you. We thank you for this moment and I thank you for our church. I pray for those that are not here and I pray for those that are here. And we thank you again for your precious son, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Yep.
I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Brother Sarah, why don't you pray for the wine? Okay. When you get through chewing. This bread and in a special way to our bodies, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to do this. We're thankful for your power that comes up on us, Lord. I can feel your power tonight, Lord. Thank you for Brother Wayne, Lord, bringing a message. What a blessing he is to our church, Lord. What a blessing you are to our church through the years, Lord, that you've kept this old church up there on this old hill for all these years. I love you, Jesus. I love you because you first loved me. Thank you for your love for this old church and for everyone that comes out tonight to hear you and to take, uh, take this bread and And the juice we have here, pray for that, Lord. We love you, and these things we pray and ask in your precious name. Amen.
After the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And over in Matthew chapter 26 verse 30, the Bible says, And when when they had sung a hymn, they went out, into the Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives winds by that kitchen back there where the meat is, and you can get some meat and take it with you. So, uh, Brother John, you want to lead us? 506, Blessed Assurance. And then you... We'll sing the first and last verse. Blessed opportunity to bring to remembrance what your son did to us, did for us on the cross, Lord. Lord, we're humbled by the thought of what you went through as payment for our sin, Lord. Lord, we know we're not, we were not there, but we can only imagine. Lord, we thank you so much for your son. We thank you 
for the victory that we have. Lord, we thank you for raising your son victorious after his death on the cross. Lord, as we go to our homes tonight and as we consider this time of year that we celebrate your son's birth, that we bring to remembrance often what you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you through a church like this one. I pray that you bless it. Bless our new pastor as he comes next month. I pray, Lord, that many souls will be saved as a result of the efforts in this ministry here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.